Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and distinguished listeners of Navigate with I.D. Enang. Such an honor and pleasure to be with you today. I'm grateful to God for the gift of life and also grateful to God for the gift of life extended to you too. Because for you to hear and also join in the program, it means obviously that you're enjoying the benefits of grace like I do. Friends, we've been looking at a very interesting but dynamic topic. Don't forget that in the course of this month, we've kept the theme around igniting excellence. We started the month by looking at igniting excellence. We dimensionalized excellence. We looked at the qualities of excellence. And from there, we started stepping into a domain that made it a bit more personal. And by being personal, I mean looking at building personal milestones. And in those milestones, there were certain attributes and dimensions we actually saw as fit for purpose in order to ensure that we get to a desired destination. One of the things that we discussed in that program, if you were part of it, was the fact that people need to sit in the space of planning. When you plan and you have permutations, and also we're a collaborative garment, the chances of you getting to your destination, which is whatever milestone you had set for yourself, will be huge and far more reaching than you would imagine. It is from the spirit of that process that we then looked at one critical aspect of collaboration, which is around interpersonal styles. Very many people today have not had the opportunity of understanding how to relate with others. And because they do not have that understanding, they tend to uproot, they tend to destroy, they tend to push away relationships that hitherto would have been either a blessing or would have also supported their abilities to get to their supposed destination or places of interest. Or if you want to say the desired milestone, this cuts across every facet of life, whether we talk about career, whether we talk about family, whether we talk about living in the community, whether we talk about the workplace, whether we talk about relating with friends in a social setting. And so to that extent, in the last episode, I did come through with the topic, understanding interpersonal styles. And so today I'm going to anchor this particular session on that same model. And I will try as much as possible to paint a picture of the different types of interpersonal styles and the behavior of the different styles, also giving you a sense of how the different styles perceive each other. And hopefully, by the time we get into the second half, I'll be able to give you pointed direction on what you need to do and how you need to go about it. So I would be inviting you, if you're just joining for the first time or you've been an avid listener, for us to go on this journey. And I'm hoping that at the end of this episode, 
you would have one located your own style and two you would then understand how to relate with other styles and three going forward you'll be better equipped to enhance your interpersonal skills because without interpersonal skills or relational skills your chances of achieving the much desired success will be a mirage and that's what we want to avoid in business in family settings in work settings in life generally we must always wear that toga of being able to relate to everyone that we meet in the course of our journey so i invite you to join me as we start this process and i also invite you to probably take a pen have a parchment and you have to do a bit of writing because i'm going to be churning out words and if you are privileged to have a device that allows you record please go ahead and if you don't your hand will be your best recorder and your ears will also be a good recorder whichever one you feel is your area of strength you are the best to decide well let me start by summarizing the typical behaviors of different styles for starters let me give you a sense of the different styles the first style interpersonal style is tagged conceptual conceptual style is about those that are ideas oriented the conceptual style is about those who are ideas oriented the social style is about those who are people oriented the direct style is about those who are results oriented and while finally the analytical style is about those who are data oriented so i have four classes of styles and this is coming from the concept of intermodals the first one just to recap is the ideas oriented which will label as conceptual the second is the people oriented which will label as social the third is the results oriented which will label as the direct style and lastly the data oriented which we will label as analytical these four styles will form the crux of the conversations we are going to have in the course of this particular edition and so i am going to step into the terrain of looking at typical behaviors of the different styles i'll take them one after the other the first one is the ideas oriented which we call the conceptual styles what are the behaviors of this particular style number 1 they generate lots of ideas number 2 they like concepts and visuals number 3 they like new things it's all around novelty number 4 they are easy to read number 5 they are natural strategists that is if the strategies are bright our strategies are bright bright here meaning the love stuff that will be in their colorful number 
they are charismatic. And number seven, they easily get bored. I'm going to throw some other aspects into it, which of necessity will also help you in seeing the other side of the terminal. As I go on this, I want you to note that there will be positives and there will be negatives. Now, perceived positives and perceived negatives. Now, for everyone that has a car battery, or let me say for everyone who drives a car, the car would have a battery. And the battery terminals are typically plus and minus. If you have your typical cell batteries, alkaline, whatever, you have them with the positive and the negative terminals. It takes the positive and the negative to be able to power any engine or device because that is where the strength lies. So whilst you're looking at behaviors, you would look at the behaviors that are positive, that people say, oh, the ideas-oriented type of character or style, they generate ideas. But at the same time, on the other hand, they are perceived to argue emotionally. They are also perceived, which you now see as a negative part, to speak first and think second. And finally, they are perceived to have or maybe have a large ego. Now, this whole exercise is meant to help you have the first touch on yourself. Stop thinking about that person. Don't start saying, oh, I know this person must be conceptual. This person must be ideas-oriented. What are you? What is your identified style? So I've reeled out the first one, which is a conceptual style, or we call them the ideas-oriented. Let me shift to the second style, which is the social, the social style. And who are these? They are tagged as people-oriented. What are the typical behaviors of a social style or an ideas, or I beg your pardon, a people-oriented person or character? Number one, they are friendly. Number two, they are easy to get on with, very relaxed. They like to get to know you. Number three, they are very interested in people. Of course, they are people-oriented. Number four, they are considerate of others. Very considerate. Number five, they are very persuasive. Number six, they are good at getting consensus. They always love inclusion. And they always like to bring everybody into the party, into the discussion. They are very invitational in nature. They are good at team building. When you have people-oriented characters, the social style, you are in that basket of team building. You find them, the life of the party. They want everybody in, make friends easily. However, this is now the negative part of the terminal, which is perceived. They are perceived, that is the negative. I'll give you three points there. One, to argue politically. They are seen to always pull strings. You know, because these people are very friendly, they are outgoing, they are easy to get on with, they tend to have some pretty decent network, okay? And sometimes they can use that network to net you out. They can actually pull strings. So the social character, the interpersonal style called socials, they are perceived to argue politically because they have the strength of affiliations. They can pull strings. Number two, they are relaxed about deadlines. So 
they are perceived to be people that procrastinate. They are relaxed about deadlines. Oh, I will do it tomorrow. Oh, I will do it. Uh, give me some time. They are relaxed about deadlines. And finally, they may put people before results. So when you look at the social style or the people-oriented style, these people or characters tend to have the positives and the negatives. The negatives, as I did say, are perceived. But then the positives are the things you can relate with. So between the conceptual and the social, you can them both as an informal group. They are seen as informal. Now I'm going to the last two, uh, the direct and the analytical. The direct, which is the third interpersonal style I'm sharing with you, under the direct, these are results-oriented people. Results-oriented. And so, what are the typical behaviors of the direct style? Number one, the set clear direction. Number two, they like getting results. Of course, they are results-oriented. Number three, they are very logical and well-organized. When you come across a result-oriented or direct-style person, this person is always on the money. Very logical, very organized, will always talk about the end game and focused on the end game. Number four, they are cost-conscious. They are not flamboyant like you would have with the people-oriented or the ideas-oriented. They are cost-conscious. Number five, they are structured, very well-structured. Structured in thinking, structured in output because they deserve or they desire an end result. Number six, they like to get down to business. There's no fluff, straight to business, and that's why they focus on results. So if you have a boss, if you have a master, you have a colleague who always focuses on the end game, that person is likely to have the direct style as his default. That is what is dominant as a style for the person. Number seven, they argue with facts. And if those facts are very clear and succinct, they may be termed as bullying. So what are the perceived negatives or the perceived um, parts where people will say, hmm, this is the other side of the results-oriented character? Number one, they like their status to be recognized. They want to be recognized. They want you to call their titles in full. Chief, Dr. Mrs. and all of that. Number two, they don't like their time wasted. And number three, they like to tell. They like control. They are control freaks. So these are the perceived negatives. Those three. I'll always give you the last three, and I'll give you the first seven, which are the positives. And that brings to the end of the third interpersonal style. We've talked about the conceptual, which are the ideas-oriented. We've talked about the social, which are the people-oriented. And we've talked about the direct, which are the results-oriented. Now, I'm going to look at the last but not the least, which is the analytical style model.
and these are the data-oriented people. What are the typical behaviors of a data-oriented person or character? Number one, they are quiet and thoughtful. Number two, they like information and structure. They're very structured and they like information. Number three, they like in-depth research. You find someone that is always asking questions and digging deeper, deeper, and researching and asking the whys and going in deeper. That person is data-oriented and will be analytical. The fifth behavior that you can tag with a data-oriented person is reliability and stability. Because they are living in the world of information and structure, they are very strong and reliable in terms of outward character and disposition. They come across as very stable, but then with the fifth point here is that the quality of decisions they make are usually high. So people tend to respect them. You find that the quality of decisions they make will be great. You know why? Because they go through a process of thinking, deep-seated thinking, However, the sixth behavior that will come is that they could be very stubborn and good negotiators, meaning that they are good negotiators, but they will be very stubborn. And number seven, they don't like to argue. Unlike the direct, these ones don't like to argue, but they use facts. So they present the facts to you and let the facts speak, and you will be the one to keep quiet. So what are the perceived weaknesses or negatives associated with the analytical? Number one, they are very difficult to read. You cannot read an analytical. They are difficult to read. You can't tell the expressions just from looking at them because they are deep. Number two, they don't always see the wood from the trees. They are not able to sit in the space of you are looking at 30,000 feet. No, they, they are looking at it at the one, 2,000 feet. They are seeing the trees. They are not seeing the forest. So when you go to an analytical person and you're expecting him to see the big picture, you are losing him or her. That is better with a conceptual. But when you have a boss or you have a friend or you have a partner who is always talking from, you know, um, a high-level standpoint and you are more at the ground level, the chances are you may not be able to collaborate. And that's the point of the friction. It's simply because you have not identified that this person is an analytically styled character. And finally, they dislike overt emotions. So what we've done in the last couple of minutes, friends, is to look at the typical behaviors of the different styles. I am going to switch gears and then now tell you how the styles perceive each other. And so when we look at each of the styles independently, just the same way you and I can meet ourselves at a certain space, you would definitely perceive me based on my behavior, that this is the kind of person I am. Or I will also have this perception about you. That's exactly how 
these four interpersonal styles look at themselves simply because of the behaviors they have observed with each character. And character here I'm talking about, whether conceptual, social, direct, or analytical. So we're going to go into that little um, space now, and I hope you're able to follow through. For the ideas-oriented, which you know as conceptual, I'm going to list out four of those positives in terms of the perception by other styles. Remember, in the first uh, quarter of the conversation or the first quarter of this conversation or in the opening, I did talk about behaviors. But here, we're now talking about how those behaviors are now perceived by each of the styles relatively to each other. So, the ideas oriented. Now, the other styles perceive ideas-oriented people as A, energetic, B, enthusiastic, C, creative, and D, spontaneous. Those are four positives that are accredited or credited to the ideas-oriented. However, in the same vein, they are also seen. Now, remember I said to you about the positive and negative terminals of the battery. They are also seen in the negative or perceived negatively as lacking follow-through. That they lack follow-through, one. Two, that they see them, perceive them as false. Why? You know, they put things in the air and then a bit indisciplined. Why? Because they are struggling with having the trust factor based on their perceived behavior. And so it's a bit dicey when you find ideas-oriented people because not many people are given to that skill or ability. It's, it's a skill. It's a talent. When people can come in with the energy, they're enthusiastic. Creative people, um, to some extent, don't take prisoners. They just churn out the ideas. And a lot of people are not sometimes comfortable. They begin to call them names. ITK, I too know. Ah, what's wrong with him? Why is he showing off? Very many times, if people are looking at you and you're an ideas-oriented person, they'll call you names. And most times, people recall. They don't bring out the energy in them. They're not enthusiastic. They now move away from being optimists to being pessimists. That's how a lot of people change. But they don't realize that they are pandering to the perception of some other people simply because they don't have what you have. But when you get to know yourself and you know that this is who you are, regardless of what anybody says, you will play to your strengths. So if you're listening to me right now and you know that you're an ideas-oriented person, that you are energetic, you are enthusiastic and creative, you are spontaneous, all of these perceptions of positive attributes that they look at you, focus on that. Don't bother about the negatives. Just stay on it. Let your energy levels remain high. Let your level of enthusiasm and creativity, let it remain there. Spontaneity is a way of life for you. Others cannot be spontaneous. You have it. It's natural. It's what God has given to you. You can flaunt it, but don't run away when others are confronting you with what they consider to be the negatives or the spin-offs. And that's for the ideas-oriented. 
I'll shift gears to the people-oriented for us to look at how other styles perceive people-oriented characters or persons. And this is speaking to the social. The positives first. Number one, they are perceived to be helpful. Remember, they always are people-oriented. Number two, they are perceived to be cooperative. Number three, they are perceived to be friendly, of course, very people-centered. And finally, number four, they are perceived to be good teammates or team members. You know, when you have a people-oriented character around you, it's easy to know that person will be very helpful. Call them in. They are very inclusive, blah, blah, blah. However, in the same vein, within these positive attributes, people-oriented characters are classified or perceived in a negative sense as lacking conviction. Because they are there with everybody and anybody, people tend to believe or perceive that they lack conviction. They also perceive that they are too casual, that they are not serious. They will look at them as very unserious. And sometimes they are perceived as time wasters because they talk most times and they act all the time. So people just feel, mm, this person, I beg, I beg. I don't want this person, voila. Um, and so what do you do when you have such a situation? When you understand how to balance the pluses and the minuses in order to bring the best out of you. We'll be back in a very short while. Um, don't go away. I'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends and distinguished listeners. We are into the second half of our very interesting uh, program. I hope you're learning from this. And just in case you're joining for the first time, we're looking at understanding interpersonal styles. And we're using a conceptual model that drives four different types of styles, the ideas-oriented, the people-oriented, the results-oriented, and the data-oriented type of characters, all submerged under the names conceptual, social, direct, and analytical. Just before we took that break, we had looked at how styles perceive each other, how the conceptual styles are perceived by others, while how the social style is perceived by others. I'm moving swiftly into the third one, which is the direct or result-oriented. Now, like I did for the others, I'm equally going to enumerate four positives from a perception standpoint. You know, there are positive perceptions of a direct um, style. Number one, the direct styles are perceived by others as efficient. When you find someone being perceived as efficient and they tell you, oh, this guy, efficiency, or they call him efficiency or call her efficiency, then you know you could just say that this person is very results-oriented. Secondly, they are seen as determined, very determined. Again, you know, they are results-oriented, so clearly they are very determined. The third one is they are perceived as single-minded, very focused and single-minded, tunnel-visioned, and finally, they take charge. When you find a results-oriented person, you will know that this these attributes I've reeled out will be very present in that character. However, just like every other style, 
for every positive, there's a negative. And for every good thing, there's a second part of the coin. I mean, perception is just the way people see things from their own lenses. You cannot, you cannot influence anyone. Everyone has a right to have a view. And so the essence of this program is to help you see both sides of the coin and having identified yourself, you then know how you are perceived by others. And so you then manage yourself better in your relationships and more importantly, get yourself in the groove of focusing on the positives. So what are the perceived negatives of the direct style? Number one, they're seen as critical. You know, when someone is results-oriented, he or she will not take prisoners. If you make any mistakes, shortfalls, they are so, so direct and single-minded. They will not take prisoners. So such people are now seen as critics. They are critical. But the truth is, they are really under money. Number two, they are perceived as dictatorial. Why does he always want to have his way? Why does he want to be in charge all the time? Why is he so all about him? All of these are perceived negatives by others simply because you are strong on being results-oriented and focused. That's why I said never, ever sit down and face the crowd, back the crowd, but focus on the orchestra. The orchestra is the band you are leading. The crowd are the ones that will distract you. The third perceived negative or weakness of the direct is insensitivity. How many times have people said to you that you're insensitive simply because you are very results-focused? Now, this is where the rubber hits the road. When you are now self-aware, if you're listening to me and you've been able to, pinpoint which of these styles work for you are your dominant style because it's about dominance. Which is your dominant style? Are you a conceptual? Are you a social or a direct styled character? When you pinpoint it and you have two sides of the coin reeled out to you, what do you do about it? The thing you do about it is you better and well manage yourself. This is where emotional intelligence comes to play because you are self-aware. And so for you sitting there in that space, maybe you are a conceptual. Because you are ideas-oriented, people would look at you as very open. So openness is one positive you'll have. If you are people-oriented, one thing you'll gain trust from is acceptance. And if you are direct results-oriented, one thing that you will gain will always be straightforwardness. They know. They know that you're straightforward. Why? Because you've been consistent in it. The last but not the least is the data-oriented or, as we term them, analyticals. I hope you're following me, you know, step-by-step step as I reel out each of these particular subsets and characters. For the analytical-styled model, what are the three positives that you'll find in that style as perceived by the others. Number one, data-oriented or analyticals are seen, are perceived to be very detailed. And it's true. I mean, we're talking about people that are all about facts. They're all about numbers. They're all about information. So 
There are going to be details. So are you, first of all, a detailed person? If you are not, you're going to struggle if you're relating with someone who likes details. If your spouse is detailed and you are not, the chances are that this is one gray area where you may find you're always having friction. But now that you know, you can better manage and get to the point of what you need to do differently. That is the last segment of this particular program, like a helpline to help you push through and what you need to do to ensure that you're always on the conquering side or on the balanced side. The second perceived positive is they are deliberate. Of course, they are very deliberate. And the third is that they are patient. Now, they are seen as detailed, deliberate, and patient. That is from a perception of other styles. What is the other side of the coin? How are they perceived negatively? They are seen as nitpickers, that they nitpick because they want to get into the details, the, the nitty-gritty of it. They are seen as indecisive. Sometimes they are also perceived as slow. You give something to them. Maybe at work you find um, an analytical boss. You have an analytical boss and you are ideas-oriented. Whereas this boss of yours is data-oriented. You take a proposal to Moha and he says, wait, put it there. I'll come back to you. And then it's something you need right now, now, now. That boss of yours or manager does not move. Why? Because he or she is data-oriented, very detailed, deliberate, and patient. But how would you view him or her? You see her or see him as indecisive and slow. And so when it comes to you going to your colleagues to talk about this boss, you say, my got too slow. But is it really your gut that is slow or you don't understand the operating style or the dominant style of yoga? Some other person that you're having the conversation with may have a boss who is very people-oriented. And by the time you're taking the proposal to the table, you don't need to even write. You're just sharing the concept with him. He says, ah, go ahead, go ahead, because the other boss is friendly. Or some other in that conversation may have an ideas-oriented boss who's very creative. And all he needs is that big picture. All he needs is a big picture, the forest. That boss just sees a forest and says, oh, I get it. Yeah, fantastic. Let's do it. But you have a data-oriented boss who wants to go through the fine lines of the information. That does not mean that that boss is slow. It just means that you have four different characters, four different human beings who have their own dominant styles. And so for one person, he is people-oriented and you'll find him gravitate towards opening up to people. There's another that is very creative, ideas-oriented, who will always like fresh things. And there's one that is very results-oriented. Give me the direction and let's do it. Sharp, sharp. And whilst there's another who says, I need to scrub the data to find out if we are taking the right decision. Friends, what I can tell you about these interpersonal styles, you and I need to be in each quadrant. You and I need to have a bit of all. Yes, you will be dominant in one. So if you are desoriented, it does not mean that you are not going to be people-oriented 
data-oriented or results-oriented. You need to be in the other parts. And so what is the essence of this? It's about accommodation. It's about collaboration. When you begin to interact with some other person, you can easily have a pass-off. There will be something that you will begin to learn from this other style to aggravate and enhance yours. It's almost like, if I can paint this picture and you'll see it, an equalizer. If you've seen a DJ's or set or a console, whether you call it a DJ's console or you have an equalizer, you have tabs that go in different directions. If you want to increase the bass or the treble or some instrument, there's a certain push. The button has to go up and while comes one comes down. That's exactly what everyone should be in this regard. In this particular regard, we all must function as equalizers or consoles. If you're an ideas-oriented person, you cannot stay there all the time. There are times when you need to bring the button down and then increase the people factor or reduce the people factor and increase the results factor. That way you are not being emotional because if you stay on the people high all the time, you become too emotional and then you can't get the job done. You don't think from the heart, you think from the head. And so balanced judgment requires that you are able to cycle both, but in a very useful form and shape. And so what I'm about to do now is to get every single one of us um, out of the woods with one, you should have by now identified your own dominant style, whether you're conceptual, whether you're social, you're direct or analytical. At the same time, you would have in some way deciphered from the last conversation the way you are perceived by others. And finally, what I've just ended up telling you is that you need to be in all four spaces. But in doing that, you need to know what to dial up and what to dial down. When you are faced with a certain situation, when it's all about results, that is not the time for you to start being emotional, being people-oriented. You may balance how you speak to people. You may balance how you incentivize the people. You may balance how you do a lot of things. But one thing you do not do is to take it for granted. When you take it for granted, then the results will not happen. So you see that on all fronts, something needs to happen very squarely and very deeply. And that brings me to the space of how we are going to look at the interpersonal style differences. Whilst I'm at this space, I want to use the opportunity for the last time to talk about the launch and learn session I'm having on the 31st of October. Now, this is the last time I'm going to talk about it on this program. And the reason being that it's just going to be about a week shy away. Yes, we've had several people who have indicated interest. And by today, at the end of today, would of necessity know how many people will make the cut. But this is the kind of stuff that we discussed at such forum. And this is the kind of things that we'll bring to the table because many people are missing the point. They are missing their milestones 
and they are not making the best of their careers simply because they have poor relational skills. Very many homes are on fire as we speak because between the husband and the wife, they have poor relational skills. They don't have a sense. They've been married for so many years, but interpersonal styles are alien to them. Between colleagues at the office, there are enemies, sworn enemies. Why? Because relational skills are out of the window. But what it just takes is for you to take a step back and say to yourself, what should I be doing differently? And that brings me to this aspect of the program. And I pray you can relate to it and follow me diligently. So what am I going to do here? For each particular style, I'm going to tell you what you need to learn by way of attitude and by way of behavior. So for example, if you are a conceptual, what you need to learn about attitude is self-discipline. And what you need to put in practice as a behavior is to ensure you pause before speaking. Your ideas oriented. So try and pause. You know, speak easy. Pause before speaking. Don't speak before you think. Now, if you are direct, that is, you are results oriented you need to learn by way of attitude, humility. Humility is something you must learn as, as an attitude. And by way of behavior, you must learn to listen to others. That you are results-oriented does not mean you will railroad people. That you will become the monster on wheels. You become a monster with two feet. No, you can't. Yes, you're getting the results, but it's important. The how is important. You can't railroad people and then come back and want them to serve you. The answer is no. I mean, I was watching an account of the Tigress uh, ladies uh, today on Arise Television. And I looked at myself and said, what kind of country are we in? That leaders are so, I don't understand. You have people that have carried the flag of this country who have gone and played in the world stage in 2018 they finished and the supposed federation, the government, the ministry of sport are still owing them the allowances three years after. Who does that? And yet, these lousy politicians run around with dollars as if dollars is even their middle name. And they are yet to recognize and pay these girls from, or these ladies, I beg your pardon, or women from 2018. And they've just become African champions. What does a leader do? Come on television? I don't care who the colonel is. Whatever he is, he has just shown absolute immaturity. You are not listening to others. These ladies are saying to you, we've, we've kept quiet, 2018, 19, 20, and shame on the MBBF. Shame on the Ministry of Sports. What kind of country are we? What type of leaders do we have? These guys are so impersonal. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, they will turn around with cheap blackmail and tell you if you are running, you are serving your country. And so what? Do I serve my country and be in tears? Why must it be sorrows, tears, and blood? Why can't it be with happiness? Then it just tells you that a lot of sadists are in leadership. Men who have no sense of attitude, whose behaviors are better to be in, in the dustbin of history and not to be counted as humans. And that's what you get. They need to learn most of these things. They need to know it. Sometimes when you see me get into this, 
is to help us shape us as a people. Because many people are just all over the place. Look at what happened yesterday. The policemen, do you need anybody with sanctified common sense to be told that the will of the people can never be subverted? You can only try, but it can never change. And these so-called policemen are the ones, when they take off that uniform, they become civilians. Do you think they don't know where you live? And if they come after you, you'll say, oh, they're attacking men in the uniform. But why can't you apply sanctified common sense? And that is where I'm coming with the socials. What do they need to learn by way of attitude? Self-determination. And by way of behavior, they need to set and reach own goals. Because the reason why I had to bring those examples is because of direct. Once they give you the whole result, the result is don't allow any protester. No protester. That is what your bosses have said. Yes, Fela said they are zombies, but it's chain of command. It's obey the command. But you have a brain. That's why God gave you a brain, not your officer's brain. You take the command, but you can act in that situation and say, this young man or this young woman does not deserve me to beat her. I can speak to her. And if she doesn't hear, well, maybe she, that person has a defect. You don't know. And you just start beating the person and the person can't respond. Can't you just ask yourself and say, oh, it's possible that this person may be dull of hearing. There could be some medical condition. We don't know. And it's because we are not empathetic. This is how much we've done damage to our psyche as a people. And so the analytical, if you are an analytical person or you've identified yourself as an analytical, you need to learn by way of attitude, self-initiation. What do I mean? You need to bring yourself into the mood and the session. So you do not just think it's about it. Don't turn around people and conversations into it, inanimate things, because you are focusing on data. It's all about the data. No, it's about the human being. It's about relationship. It's about relational skills. So in terms of behavior, you need to make decisions and get facts quicker. And the way to do that is to set simple deadlines. And that will help you. It will help you move through that particular uh, window faster. I'm going to switch gears to give you one straight challenge you may have from a situational analysis. So, for example, what do you do when tension mounts? What do you expect when tension mounts? If it's a conceptual, you will see when tension mounts, a conceptual will fight feeling will start seeking attention, will be throwing tantrums. So whenever you see someone throwing tantrums, when there's tension, that person is likely to be a conceptual. When you find a direct in this situation, a direct will fight with reason, will become tyrannical, will be very demanding. And that's exactly what you're finding. So between the protesters or those that are celebrating the anniversary, many of them, are direct, they are result-oriented. The opposition, which is the law enforcement agencies, are also coming with, they're fighting with a reason. What happens? Nobody gives way. And that's why tension will mount. But when you go to the social, what does the social do in that kind of circumstance? That's why you will not find the socials in the setting, except they are dragged in. They flee with the feeling. They sulk or they subvert. When tension mounts and 
analytical will flee to get the facts. Analyticals are quiet and withdrawn. So you can see that even just analyzing a team, even just analyzing what has happened with uh, 2010-2020 and the anniversary of NSARS, you find the conceptuals, the directs, the socials and analyticals all in different droves. You will find that most people that will come out to drive that tension will be the direct, the results-oriented people. Then the next set of mix that you'll find there will be the conceptuals who will be seeking attention. But here's what I want to tell you. When you have such situations, this is how you drum support. This is how the support of others can be gained. If you are a conceptual, your social skills, your energy, and your enthusiasm, this is exactly the support you will gain from that whole space. If you are direct, you just need to stay in being efficient, getting things done to a high standard, because that's who you are. If you are social, that is, if you are people-oriented, just continue being friendly and ingratiating. And finally, you as the analytical, knowledge, facts, and being blind with science and information will help the party. So you can see that all four characters have a role to play. So in a team, when you have dominant styles, each of these dominant styles can actually come together to drive an entity very well. But if they don't know where their strengths lie and where they lie, they'll be fighting each other. They'll be fighting like one that beats the air. And that's the problem we have with productivity. Just imagine if you get to know this a lot more. And so finally, I tell you how each style measures progress. A conceptual, that is someone who is ideas-oriented, measures progress by applause and prizes. A direct measures progress by achievements, results. The social style measures progress by thank you one-to-one acceptance. And finally, the analytical measures progress by busyness, activity, and being seen as a guru. Friends, if you have taken nothing out of this, I want this last frame of interpersonal style differences to help you in your journey going forward. As you collaborate with people at any stage and every stage, you realize that you'll be more and more productive in your daily work. Once you are better positioned, excellence is absolutely within your reach. So friends, what do I say? But a big thank you for listening in. If you have questions, please send, as always, an email to contact and at navigatewithid.com. And if you follow me on my social media platforms, the handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Before I run, I want to do a special shout out to Okwe, the MDC of JIC Cleaners. Today is marking his 40th birthday. Congratulations, Okwe. God bless you. He's one of the avid listeners on this program. And I trust God that your best days will still be ahead and you remain blessed always. Thank you, friends, for listening. See you again by God's grace on Tuesday. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.